0: So if we look at this ARMSCore story, um, what kind of danger does this sort of hack uh, pose to ARMSCore and those doing business with it?
1: Well, Sakina, the problem that we have with uh, security breaches on, on information systems is we never know exactly what information is available to be exploited. So that's one of the very first concerns when faced with an incident like this is to determine exactly what information was breached, how deep the breach is. Um, What we see in the industry is that uh, a hacker could be on a system for as long as 205 days before he's actually discovered. So that's some of the international statistics that we've got in terms of of security breaches. And if you've got a person that is uh, on a network for such an extensive period, it means that uh, he could literally know everything about network. In terms of the arms code uh, breach, I'm not involved with the investigation directly or uh, with anybody in it, so I don't have too much information regarding that, but I will definitely be concerned to, in terms of what information was breached.
0: So what does this say about uh, vulnerability and uh, sensitive sensitive information being leaked from a department such as Arms Corps? Should we be worried that this could be uh, symptomatic of greater uh, uh, vulnerability across other departments as well?
1: Uh, Yes, Shakina. The problem with this is, uh, number one that I have to state is that no organisation will be safe enough to be unreachable uh, it only ups the threshold for a hacker to 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 pass uh, to gain access to the environment but uh, this is a, a, a very simplistic uh, mechanism to gain access and um, i am concerned regarding security measures in south africa as uh, as a whole because we've seen many of these type of security breaches and um, some of them are not supposed to to, to actually be successful
0: So, uh, how much do you know about uh, government departments and the systems that they have? And do you think they actually have the capacity to withstand hackings?
1: um, Our government has done a a lot of initiatives uh, in the past uh, two years and 18 months, more or less. Uh, In terms of, I've been in this industry since 2000. Uh, when we started the cyber capacity for the police force. Um, And we've seen in the last two years, we've seen more development within our own cyber protection uh, environment than we've seen in the past uh, 16 years, more or less. So um, we're on a good track. But at this stage, I am concerned regarding government security measures overall. Uh, We are seeing a a number of, of successful exploits coming through. And um, we do have the capacity to investigate these type of breaches. We do have the capacity to to protect ourselves, but I think we can spend larger budgets on this type of environment and um, uh, protect ourselves a lot better.
0: So how exactly would we do that? How would we ensure that we safeguard ourselves from hackings?
1: Okay. Well, there are many measures that need to be taken. The basics should be uh, awareness amongst your personnel, the basic security measures, Um, What we see organizations are doing is they're spending a lot of their budgets, the GRST budgets, on perimeter control, so protecting themselves from the outside. But in in more than 80% of our cases, we're actually seeing that internal personnel is either responsible for the breach uh, through uh, cooperation with a syndicate or through negligence. So uh, a a bigger portion of budgets and, and emphasis should be placed on protecting organizations against their own employees, making sure that you know exactly who are doing what on the systems is very, very important.
0: And um, also, just before I let you go there, uh, Danny, uh, do you, what can you tell us about this hacktivist group, Anonymous?
1: <laughs> well, the, the, the structure of, of Anonymous is a very unique structure in terms of it is literally open for, for anybody to join um, you can basically uh, be a member of Anonymous uh, and, and the person next to you wouldn't know that you are. So it is totally, as the name says, totally anonymous. Uh, you can, uh, for example, if I uh, pick up a problem with an organization because they are spilling oil in my river, uh, if I can drum up enough support within that community, I can uh, lobby and I can get three, four people that support my my aim, we will join in on that hack, we will give the uh, contributes to those efforts and assist me in terms of hacking or disrupting that organisation. So literally it's a, it's a faceless movement that is international and um, they take on any type of cause that uh, people think they want to support and they run with it. That's what's making it so difficult because half of the time uh, I think all of us might uh support them in some of the initiatives with ideas but the mechanisms that they choose to to bring out their their opinion or to show their, their, their opinion uh, is unfortunately illegal and it's very disruptive and it's costly to organizations
0: interesting what do you think could be the cause in this instance
1: well, I've got no idea. What we normally, what we normally look at is one of three things. Either a, a, a bigger cause, a political cause, or a, um, a, a, a you know, a goodwill cause, or hackers are behind money, or after money, or they are after uh, uh, causing damage. Um, so it's normally one of those three. You know, in this situation, I'm not clearly seeing The the cause, unless uh, we look at political aspects, Mm. Um, it does not seem that if they were after money, it could have just been for uh, disruptive purposes and damage purposes.